the goal, he said, is not to finish last. The goal <laughs> is a gold medal. Everybody, everybody going to the Olympics, the, the, the goal is a gold medal. Like it doesn't we, need to be said. It doesn't need to be said. And focusing on the gold medal doesn't win you the gold medal. So he goes, essentially everybody going to the Olympics has the same goal. So basically it just cancels out. It's just a complete wash. What is left? What is left is what, what actually works us towards the goal, which is the process. Hello everyone. And welcome to the stronger, healthier, happier podcast. We are very excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network that we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are back with episode 28 and we are very excited to get this one going today. Yes, we are back in our kitchen, sun is shining, it's not setting and it's... 7-Eleven. Oh, I thought it was still 645. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we've had a, we've had a very busy last few weeks and not to make any excuses on the, the podcast where we don't like to make excuses, but we, we've had to work very hard, I think in this last week or so to carve out some time. Um, so we are just grateful for this, uh, this 30 to 60 minutes with you guys today, today. And like always guys, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'm just happy you are happy listening to us. Yes, exactly. Um, let's do an update. Well, we are still open. We just got a new round of COVID requirements, regulations, I guess. And we are just thrilled that we have space and we get to stay open and keep getting sweaty with friends, especially now because this is kind of the only place that we see our friends <laughs> yeah and I think we thought I don't like to predict negative things but I think we were very scared and I think a lot yes. of people were very nervous they were gonna the government was gonna shut us down again so we are just very thankful and grateful that um, we are still up and running and yeah so that that was some good news in our life um, the last kind of week or couple weeks We've had a bit of a roller coaster ride uh, with our emotions, and this is kind of the podcast where we just share everything and anything with you guys. Um, we just try to be an open book. I believe it keeps us connected more and more relatable. I think is a compliment we've received. We're real people. Yeah, and we're huge on you know adversity makes us stronger. Um, we expect it. We expect to overcome it. So we, we sometimes just like to share some, yeah, some real stuff with you guys. So um, I don't know if you guys know our full story, but um, our daughter is two now. So basically four years ago, we started to try to have a baby and it wasn't working. Uh, we had to go the IVF route after like two years of trying a miracle happened and the IVF worked and we have Paxton and yeah, all amazing. We've kind of geared up for, um, we, or Jen geared up for second round of IVF. Um, it failed 
right? You flew to Victoria and back. Mm-hmm. Then a month later or two months later? A month later, yeah. Jen flew to Victoria again. again. Um, our, our embryos that are frozen, everybody, are in uh, Victoria Fertility Clinic. Um, so that's why she's going to Victoria. So um, she flew back again to get the second last embryo, and that one failed as well. So we're down to our very last embryo. Um, and then out of the total blue, Jen was pregnant. Yeah. Without, without a flight to Victoria. Yes. Early April. I think it was April 9th. Um, we've actually been gearing up to do our our final transfer. Um, so this was like the month we were going to do it, kind of waiting for that cycle to start. And lo and behold, um, I was pregnant naturally somehow. <laughs> it's still kind of, uh, still kind of mind. Did we discuss this? Mind bottling, mind boggling. I'm not sure. Well, it's mind-boggling, but it's Will, boggling? F- Will Farrell says mind-bottling in Blades of Glory. So mind-bottling just sounds funnier. Okay. Uh, we were really taken aback because the docs kind of said like 1%, 2%, 3% chance yeah. like to, to, for it to happen naturally. So we really took the pressure off of that trying really hard and just kind of thought it was off the table. Literally impossible. <laughs> we thought it was possible. But still trying. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just, it happened. And it was like the greatest feeling. Jen took two pregnancy tests, went and got a blood test and it was positive. And then. So that was on a Friday. And then I went back for more blood work on Tuesday, which is pretty common just to make sure that um, HCG levels are rising and things are heading in the right direction. And my wonderful, wonderful doctor called me late that evening and I could kind of just tell by the sound in her voice, it was not the best news, but she was still hanging on to some optimism. Uh, She just said that the numbers had risen, but that they weren't rising kind of as fast as she would like them. And so, yeah, I kind of started to worry and just hope for the best, but Uh, So that was Tuesday. And then Thursday, um, I had more blood work, which was confirmed on Friday. And um, I ended up having a miscarriage. Yeah. So I was a little bit angry at the world. (laughs) So it's been a bit of a couple weeks for us because uh, we've been together. Who knows? A long time. I can't remember (laughs) the years now. Um, But we've, we've tried naturally many of times not to get into it too much (laughs) (laughs) don't think we need to roll through the stats but um yeah we've tried lots and lots and lots and lots for lots of years and it happened and all of a sudden it was like whoa it's actually possible so it made it made us both feel kind of good that it can happen um so yeah we were just really excited for like five days (laughs) which is which is a, a very quick roller coaster ride, but um, we're doing good. We're not telling the story t- for any sympathy. I think we're we're in a great yeah. We're in a good spot. We're in a good spot now, and yeah, we're just sharing some some real life with you guys. Um, and that's kind of what we've been. I feel like that kind of consumed us for maybe just a week and a bit. But yeah, well, I think it's it was very similar to the transfers not working. You. I mean, like anything, right? You have a lot of optimism and and worry at the same time, but 
then it kind of ends. And I think the, you know, the first day is the worst. I, like for me, I, I wasn't even really, I mean, I was sad, but I would feel, well, I guess if I took the advice from that book, mad is sad's bodyguard. So maybe I was just mad to defend myself from feeling so brokenhearted. But, you know, the first day is the worst. The second day I was still mad. And then the third day it, it gets a little bit easier. And the fourth day you start to feel like more like yourself and you remember why you were trying in the first place and what's at the end of it, you know, if it works. And, and I mean, we've always through this whole second trying to get pregnant for a second time process have said we are happy in the here and now. We are not searching for anything. We are complete. Um, we just love being parents. So I think just reminding ourselves of that and luckily we have a little firecracker running around. She's in a real poop phase these days just talks about poop and pee randomly every <laughs> 25 seconds yeah but it keeps us grounded though and feels us grounded, us, yeah. yeah so yeah guys that's that's kind of a little bit of peek into our life um, so here we are again gearing up for our transfer in victoria um which will hopefully happen next month fingers crossed and we'll be back then i guess with more updates but yeah. um yeah anything else you want to update them on um, I don't know. What are you reading these days? I am reading Lord of the Rings. I found the Lord of the Rings trilogy book uh, or the trilogy books um, at Valley Village. And also found a briefcase at that at that particular time. And it's yes. still in the office if anyone needs a briefcase. <laughs> I, was, I was working on my escape room trunk at that time as well. But I'm kind of going through... Um, yeah, I guess on the book side of things, well, I'm, it's not that I'm not learning. I'm learning lots about Middle Earth and, <laughs> and the ring and Frodo and Gandalf right now. But um, I'm really enjoying, I kind of went on a phase for, it was probably like a couple of years reading just straight knowledge books. Um, and before that, I was on like a Harry Potter kick. So I've kind of just gone back to um, pleasure reading before bed. I, think, I feel like I talked about this in the last one, but I just find... I find it just, I bounce back and forth because I find when, when life is like busy and stressful, it's like, I just find books like Harry Potter or I hope somebody can relate to me right now. Otherwise I'm just a total nerd, but uh, books like Star Wars or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, it just kind of like, it immerses me in their world. And I find I am like super chill and relaxed before bed versus when I read motivational stuff then I get all fired up sometimes yes and I, I think <laughs> our, our entire life is kind of fitness nutrition and working with people so sometimes it can feel like work sometimes if I'm reading more books on that topic so I've kind of I've kind of went more to fiction fantasy reading and then keeping my knowledge going with more like uh podcast these days so anyway I'm I am reading Lord of the Rings I am currently reading Don't Sweat the Small Stuff with Your Family. So Don't Sweat the Small Stuff is a whole series um, by Richard Carlson. And he has, yeah, well, Don't Sweat the Small, don't sweat the small Stuff. Um, and then with your family, I think in the workplace, there's a bunch of different offshoots. So we have a couple of them and it's super easy to read because they're just numbered off and they're a couple pages each but uh it's been a lot of fun although i will note that i haven't quite finished switch is because that's what i was reading last time because the library would not renew my book and 
I was pretty proud of myself. I kept it overdue and I tried my best to finish it, but at a week overdue, I just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> I had to return it because I felt like I was breaking the law. Um, so I will finish that one when it's available again. Don't Sweat the Small Stuff is a great book. I read just the original version. I feel like a couple of years ago, it is an awesome mindset book for anybody, but also perhaps for people who aren't, wouldn't deem themselves, I don't know, a reader. I don't think anybody should ever categorize themselves as a non-reader. I think you have to maybe say like, I don't read a lot of books yet. I feel like we have to all mm-hmm. evolve to a point where we're reading more. Um, I don't think I learned that lesson until I was in my 30s as well, but Don't Sweat the Small Stuff is like a very cool place to start. If you're kind of into improving some habits in your life or your mindset and that kind of links us into um, the topic for this, for this episode 28 podcast, we're calling this format brand new format, double, double. Uh, We like to give these podcast formats, fun names just so that we can revisit the formats in the future. And we really wanted to do one on just mindset and so we had a few ideas that were kind of spinning around lately and we thought, let's just call it a double-double. Uh, Jen's going to have two for you guys today. I'm going to have two. We're going to kind of bounce back and forth um, talking about these ideas that we've been spinning in our heads for the last month, two months, three months, years. Um, things that kind of come up quite often and maybe some important lessons that we want to share with people instead of like a frequently asked question. It's like a frequently visited mindset glitch that we perhaps um, see in ourselves um, because we're not perfect, but also we see a lot. um, We just see a lot in in other people as well. And again, don't, this isn't, we're not here belittling anybody, but these are just common themes. I think that we would like to help people with. Um, If we kind of talk about the super six again, guys, um, mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, network. These six categories or pillars of what we would consider like the total package for health and happiness, Mm -hmm. for strength, health and happiness. Might as well throw that in there too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. Oftentimes when I... I kind of like think about the super six. Like I'll often ask myself, like if I had to rank them, how would I rank them? And I feel like it would be, it would be an interesting discussion with a bunch of different people, how we might rank them. Which one is the most important? If we want to be strong, healthy, and happy. And I think that could also be a debate, but I think I would argue mindset to the death. I think mindset has to be the most important one. I just feel like nothing else is going to work in your life. Nothing is going to progress. You're not going to see anything positive if your well, you mindset might not is stick to anything. Yeah. Yeah. If your mindset is the shits, it's going to be very tough to find a good reason to work out. Um, if you don't believe in yourself, then there's a good chance you don't love yourself enough to eat well. I'm just kind of spitting here, but, um, 
so I, I really think mindset is the most important one. And I also feel like it is the most difficult one to work on. Would you agree? Yeah. Cause it's not tan, it's not as tangible. Exactly. Um, or measurable as some of the other categories. Yes. How do I get stronger? Oh, we can squat. I got a squat program for you that will get you stronger. How do we improve our mindset? That is a tougher question to answer. I believe there are ways to do it. I believe it, it starts with um, a superhuman level of self-awareness. Basically recognizing negative thought patterns and positive thought patterns. So um, yeah, that's kind of my speech on mindset. And I think we're excited to kind of go through this one today. Again, Jen's got two topics to chat about and I've got two topics to chat about. And obviously there's like a billion topics to chat about. I think these, these were just some things that we were excited to talk about today. It's also interesting too, because a lot of, as we were just kind of getting our notes together here, the the overlap on these topics, sometimes you feel like one of them blends into the other. Like they're all very closely related. And a lot of the people that we uh, look up to in this area, you realize, oh, they're all kind of saying the same thing in, in different ways, but it it comes about in different areas of your life. Um, do you want me to go first? Kick it off. Do you, do you want to go first? You can have dibs. <laughs> dibs. <laughs> okay. So the first thing that came to mind when we were chatting about this podcast is are the things that we are doing actually bringing us closer to our goals? I think if I remember correctly, I'm a big fan of the Chasing Excellence, podca- Chasing Excellence podcast. One of Ben Bergeron's big things is first things first. And I think it basically is very similar to what we're ch- about to chat about today, which is figuring out your priorities and figuring out what makes you truly happy. Yeah. Um, I think... Sometimes we, well, it's actually crazy. I mean, I think the majority of people that I know and see on a daily basis are incredibly driven people that work insanely hard, not just at the gym, but in their jobs, in their life, with their family, with their friends. Like they, I think most people that I surround myself will take, take life very seriously and are always, you know, trying to better themselves. I think society in general has maybe gotten us chasing some things that I don't know if we actually realize why we're chasing them. Um, So I think a clear sign that this might be an issue is if in your life you often say, you know, it will be better when, you know, it will be less stressful when X happens. I'll be happy when I'll be happy when this happens. When I, you know, when I get this job, then it'll be better. You know, when we get married, then it will be better. Um, You know, when we get the house paid off, then it'll be less stressful. I think that's, you know, for me uh, in my previous marriage, I, I was that person all the time. And when I look back on it now, that's what I was doing. I was just sweeping it under the rug and hoping that in five years it would be different, but yeah, it's, it's, that's, in the a, end it wouldn't be, that is a major self-reflection question. Are the things you're doing right now leading to a place you actually want to go? Yeah. Or are you so 
tunnel visioned, determined to get somewhere and you don't even know why you're going that way? Like, is it, and, 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 and it's like, when we talk this way, we're not, we're talking about ourselves a bit and we're not talking to anybody in particular, but it's just a good question to ask yourself because sometimes we get going down a direction and call it like momentum or inertia. We just kind of keep going. And if we don't stop enough times and maybe ask ourselves that question is what I'm doing, making me happy is the end result actually going to make me more happy Then I fear. We just delay the inevitable is eventually we're going to realize shit, Zach and Jen were right. I, I listened to that podcast six years ago and I, <laughs> I should have realized it back then. But, um, I just remember like my, my main example there is, and it's not all related to CrossFit and training, but just in my most competitive CrossFit days, I, I think I was just working so hard to be the best CrossFitter I could be. And I actually got to a point where I, I didn't know why I was doing it. I, I wasn't enjoying every second of it. I think I was working hard to, I guess, like make a name for myself or keep crawling up that leaderboard until I realized, but why am I doing that? Why, why am I so focused on that? Because when I finally came to the realization that that wasn't leading to me being happier, um, I love being healthy and fit, but I was still going down a road or a direction that was a little bit off track when I backed off a bit and realized Man, I, I just, I just love CrossFit. I just love working out with my friends. I, I also just like working hard. So when I kind of questioned what I was doing and backed off of it, I started to realize that, oh, th- like this, this is what makes me the happiest. Um, Ben Bergeron to kind of go off him again. He always chats about, is your ladder leaning on the right wall? We get so focused, whether it's like just in our job and promotions or making money or chasing a bigger house, we climb this ladder, this metaphorical ladder and we just keep climbing and climbing and we finally get to the top of the ladder and we realize it's leaning on the wrong building. It's leaning on the wrong wall. So um, I think that's kind of what we want people to ask themselves is, is everything you're doing right now actually leading you to where you want to go? Yeah. And I think this has applications in, in, you know, kind of regular life, but also in fitness. And I, it really came to light. I read the um, I forget what the book's called, but five tips or five something for a frantic family um, by Patrick Lanchoni. I can't remember. Three big questions for yes, a frantic family? Yes, three big questions for a frantic family. You should have called it the double-double. Um, but, you know, he, he really talks about in this book, so many of us say, and I hear tons of people say it, I, I just want more downtime. I want more time with my family. I don't want to be so stressed out all the time. But then he pointed out that a lot of us continue to make decisions that go completely against that because of society, because of pressure, because of expectations, whatever it may be. Yeah, we're afraid to let people down is a big one. Yes, that's a huge one that he um, mentioned. And so, you know, more more quality family time means, you know, you can't take that extra volunteer position. You maybe can't have your kids playing on four soccer teams each. You maybe you're working a job that deep down you really hate, but it pays well 
So you're kind of afraid of, oh, geez, what what are people going to think or what's going to happen if, you know, I quit this job and I actually go go down to half time or. Yeah. And it, it is crazy. Like, I mean, if you again, if you live in, you know, a certain size of house, like you have a mortgage payment, it it that's huge to say, hey, yeah, I think I want to work half time or hey, you know, I'm going to pursue my hobby of of doing whatever it may be. And that's going to be a huge income loss for our family. Um, those are huge questions. But again, it's the, it's the question of in five years from now, are you still going to be frantic and feeling like you're, you know, trying to get somewhere, trying to climb up that ladder or if making that huge change will bring that calmness and, and happiness to your life. Like it's, it's yeah. just always worth considering yeah, as much we, as I society think- tells you it's, and I think the we ask ourselves that question lots and we want everyone listening. We want you to live the life that you want to live. That's essentially what it comes down to. Do we really want to wake up in 20 years and go, son of a biscuit. I should have, I should have been an artist. <laughs> you know, I, I should have chased my passion. I should have went, um, I should have went back to school. I just, I think we have to, just ask yourself those questions. You either, yeah, either just have to evaluate where you're at. And if key, if you keep doing what you're doing and going down this path, is that going to lead to your max happiness? Yeah. And one last example is just even just for the next three months or six months, right? Like a, a, a big goal for um, Jen and I, like we, we work, we work se- almost like we work seven days a week and we work a lot of scattered hours and we kind of had a goal this summer to spend more time with family, basically more Jen and Zach time. Cause a lot of times we're kind of going back and forth from the gym, more Jen and Zach time and more Jen, Zach and Paxson time. I would also like to play. One of my goals was to play more golf with my dad. So we basically, those are kind of the first things first, the, the top priorities just for this, for this summer. But also leading but that's forward, a manageable but timeline yes. too. Like we're not talking about the next 20 yeah, years. Yeah, a focus for the summer. So basically when we start to bring clarity to the things that we actually want, then they guide our decisions for us. So quite often we just get caught up in the hustle and bustle and, oh, hey, we should do this program. And somebody asked about CrossFit Kids, right? We should get that CrossFit Kids going and, oh, we got to get the weightlifting team going. And all of a sudden we've made like six, seven decisions that go against our top priorities. And that's really what it's about is making decisions that align with your actual priorities. So if one of your priorities is spending more time with your kids, then you have to start making decisions that allow you to spend more time with your kids. Yeah. Um, Like, I mean, for us in that example, um, over summer, so we like, you know, we've decided we are not going to run CrossFit kids and it's really hard. It's, it's so hard because A, I love kids. B, I love getting them in the gym and moving around. And I hate saying no to people. And C, we both hate, hate saying no to people. And D, it's extra money for the gym, right? Like doesn't necessarily mean it's extra money for us personally, but you're always trying to grow your business. Um, the next thing that we kind of have had to say no to was, um, you know, me doing the nutrition coaching course because it's just me taking on extra clients right now with our current schedule is not aligning with our values. And again, that was a hard one. Yeah. Um, 
baseball and yeah i said else. i'm just not gonna play yeah. not gonna play i thought about playing baseball but i just the decision to play baseball or not play baseball i need i, I needed to align with my priorities and these are like week two week and a half long decisions this is not like oh hey it doesn't align uh better not do it i'm saying we go back and forth yes. and, and also the bigger the decision the more time you need to yeah. think about it but thinking about it is key and anytime we think more than we are using our brain and we're improving our mindset yeah last thought on this um topic of are the things you're doing actually bring you closer to your goal is that whatever you are doing now is yielding the results you currently have if you don't like the current results then you need to change what you're doing boom mic drop mic drop good yeah okay your turn we might have to speed up the other ones i feel like that was a good long <laughs> topic mindset is also tough to cut short because it's just open-ended it just yeah. could keep going forever we could have just called this a single single maybe <laughs> um all right let's move on so my first one i think i talked about this it could have been in our first podcast but that was a long time ago and if people hear the same thing over and over again then it's more likely to stick so the one that always comes to mind first with with me is extreme ownership taking extreme ownership of your life this one is a tougher pill to swallow it basically means everything that you are and everything in your life is a result of you and your decisions everything is your fault all of the good and all the bad is on you and that can be heavy for some people to hear um and I remember the first time I heard that just thinking like whoa like hold on here like not everything's my fault and when I started learning more and more and more about extreme ownership it actually becomes a very positive thing because it puts you in the driver's seat if you don't take extreme ownership and you don't believe in taking extreme ownership you are sitting in the passenger seat you're not driving the car in your own life and that is not a good way to live because if you're not driving the car then you don't really get to choose the direction and somebody else is driving the car and leading you to places you don't want to go kind of goes back off you know, back to you know Jen's point but when you start taking extreme ownership for everything in your life and realizing that you are in control of everything then you start to realize that if you are the problem then you are also the solution so if anything in your life isn't good if you just take ownership of it so basically you are essentially the problem then it also means you are the solution if you don't take extreme ownership people who don't take extreme ownership complain a lot they make a lot of excuses and they blame other people and other things for everything that's going wrong in their life and we're probably all guilty of that too i'm still working on constantly taking extreme ownership of everything and i find my life gets better and better each year because i feel more and more in control and i'm also able to solve problems a lot better got anything to add there um that was really good i feel like i was like mesmerized okay <laughs> so 
What's like a real world example? Yeah, a real world example. That is a good one. I should have wrote something down for that. <laughs> Let's just say, well, it could be anything. Let's just say somebody is, they've got a shitty job and they hate their job. And they say, oh, Zach, I'm just so miserable. I hate my job. And they could say things like, yeah, like, you know, when I was this age, you know, I didn't have anybody to really help me out. And so I had no support system and, you know, I didn't have very much money. So I, you know, I just, I took the first job I got and, you know, like I didn't have money for this. And, you know, basically you just start layering on why, 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 why. But if you really dive into it, we all get to choose where we work. We don't have to stay there. Again, the decision to perhaps quit your job or to carve out a better path for yourself. It's not always easy, but understanding that you, everything that you are, everything where you're at, you did make those decisions to get here, right? If you're in a relationship you don't like, you don't have to be in it. Um, if you don't like the winters, you can move. Right now we're in COVID, perhaps moving cross country is <laughs> a bit tougher. Pose a problem, yeah. But people have moved from Manitoba to BC. People have moved to Maui and live in paradise now. People have been Canadians and moved to the States and Americans have moved here and people have left their home country in the Ukraine to move to Canada so they can work at Maple Leaf and have a better life. People are doing remarkable things all the time. People are making incredibly tough decisions and perhaps taking five steps back with the hope of that they're going to take 10 steps forward. People are doing it all the time. Yeah, down Downsizing houses. Yeah, you could lose. Selling vehicles. Yes, you could. I mean, this is taken to the extreme, but you could lose your arm in a car accident and then you could say, you know, oh, I put on all this weight. I'm just, I'm not motivated. I... I lost my arm and those are still your decisions. I follow a guy on Instagram, Logan Aldridge, who has one arm and does incredible, incredible things. So there's, there's just, there's always people who these people are taking ownership. They're taking their adversity and spinning it around and they are excelling. And again, I just want people to understand that when we make excuses, when we blame others, we blame our parents, we blame our siblings, we blame our friends, we blame, blame our upbringing. Our bosses. Bosses. Or we blame our spouses. We blame... Uh, the, the Genetics. Genetics. That's a big one. Oh, bad luck. We blame, blame, blame. You are, you are sitting in the backseat of your own life versus owning your shit and hopping up into the driver's seat and being like, okay, I get to drive this car and I can take it in any direction I want. It's a lot to face to look in the mirror and say, I am the problem. But when you start to admit that you're the problem, then it's like an awakening. You are the solution. And then you can actually start to deal with shit. Apparently this is an explicit version. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I like to swear because then people are like, I think ears perk up. <laughs> so t 
take extreme ownership of your life, own your decisions, realize that anything that you want, anything that you are, is, is a result of you and your decisions. Even if you've been through some insane, terrible stuff, you still have the ability to take control and move forward. People are doing it every day. Maybe we need to seek out those examples, but people are doing it um, and it helps. So um, it's not easy. The easy road is to make excuses and blame things because when we put the blame on something else... Yeah, it, and those those excuses are valid. Yes. And the blame is potentially also valid. So we're not saying like, oh, that doesn't matter. No, everything, it, it's real. Everything is real. Yes. The, the reasons why you're not doing it are also real. Yeah. They just, just don't help you in any way. Exactly. Move towards what yeah. you want. And if you want to write a list, you could write a list of everything that you can think of that has caused you turmoil, um, brought adversity into your life. And then when the list is done at the bottom of the list, right now, what basically now, what are you going to do? Because if we don't take extreme ownership, we don't move forward. So I just think, think that is a huge mindset lesson. Love it. Um, number two coming from me at the other side of the table is to surrender the outcome. And we can't really take credit for that uh, phrase because it's on the wall of Brent Fikowski's gym. And we talk about it often that it's yeah, a wonderful I, yeah. saying. I don't know. I don't think he took credit for it either, but yeah, I don't know who invented surrender the outcome. I just noticed in his training videos. Yeah. And we've, we have been discussing this topic for quite a while, mm-hmm. five years, six years, ever since I opened the gym, I remember thinking people are focusing so much on results that is driving them insane versus mm-hmm. focusing on process only. So then when I saw on Fakowski's wall, surrender the outcome. I thought that is poetic. That's, that is the topic. Yeah. Essentially all you can do is work hard and go steer your car from the driver's seat in the direction that you want to head. And that, that's all you can do Yeah, is control your effort and the direction that you're heading. Yeah. You can't control what the scale says. You can't control other people's times in the workout. You can't control your time in the workout. All you can control is your effort and where you're putting that effort into your life. I have a huge love for Ryan Holiday for introducing me to Stoic philosophy. Um, I love his books. I love, I love Stoicism, even though sometimes it's so smart. Me don't understand it too well. (laughs) (laughs) But if I reread it 10 times, I can start to understand it. But the one of the like leading principles in stoicism is being extremely aware of the things you can control and the things you can't control. In my opinion, I've basically taken it to two things. The only two things you can, can control is your focus and your effort, which is basically working smart and working hard. And when you work extremely smart, meaning you're doing the things you should be doing, not too much and not too little. You're also 
working on the things you need to work on. So if I'm trying to get better at basketball, I'm not playing tennis and then wondering what's going on. I'm working smart and I'm working on, I need to work on my dribbling. I need to work on my defense. I need to work on my shooting, right? Just working smart. The other one, right? Focus and effort. The other one is working hard. So when we really break it down to just those two things, focus and effort, and realizing those two things can control everything, then life gets a lot better. Yeah, I think we we were chatting about this one today because um, a post from Tactic Nutrition, so um, Alex Parker came up, and I just absolutely love it. I, I quickly posted it in my stories, but it the title of it is No One is Entitled to Big Progress, and I think... Society has us all tricked. I don't know if it's magazine covers, movies. I don't know what it is, but they have us tricked into thinking that if you just try hard for eight days, all of your dreams will come true. And that's just not what happens. But unfortunately, you know, people try hard for three weeks and they don't get everything they've ever wanted and then they just quit. And essentially... They're saying you need to realize that you are not entitled to these big, huge results. No one is because they're not real. Maybe some person that you know had fantastic results a weekend. Who knows? Again, you can't control that, but you can control your effort and that that's really all you can control. And I think the fact that people will go and take these steps to be healthier, you know, don't see the, the, the results they want. So they just quit entirely what, they, what they're doing. It's just so counterproductive. Because if this, you're making healthier choices, even though you haven't achieved this probably unrealistic goal, healthier choices leads to healthier you, which should be the end goal. Yes. And this one, I think, <laughs> super overlaps with your first topic as well. Yeah. Understanding where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. You, you don't, you don't need to worry about the end. You need to, are you enjoying the journey and are you enjoying where it's leading? That's it. Yeah. That is the process. And you have to, you have to surrender the outcome. That is just the best line ever because yeah. what a waste of time it is to focus on anything but the process, like a serious waste of time and energy. Um, in Atomic Habits, I believe it's in this book, James Clear talks about basically goals in goal setting. And I, I feel like these aren't the words, but he says something like talking about your goals is silly or setting goals is stupid. We have to maybe find that chapter, find that line. Don't quote me on that one. Cause that's definitely not the quote, but it basically wakes people up. And the idea here is he says, take two Olympians what are these two Olympians? What's the goal? The goal, he said, is not to finish last. The goal <laughs> is a gold medal. Everybody, everybody going to the Olympics, the, the, the goal is a gold medal. Like it doesn't we, need to be said. It doesn't need to be said. And focusing on the gold medal doesn't win you the gold medal. So he goes, essentially, everybody going to the Olympics has the same goal. So basically it just cancels out. It's just a complete wash. What is left? What is left is what, what actually works us towards the goal, which is the process. 
and it's very because we see it firsthand a lot so in our experience it's extremely um heartbreaking um frustrating on our part but also heartbreaking to see people that i think they're heading in the right direction down the right path but they're so focused fixated on these goals these numbers that they want to hit either strength numbers that they want to hit or PRs they want to hit or times and workouts or a weight loss goal that it's it's it becomes such a distraction from the things they should be doing like Jen said if we want to lose weight or perform better or be healthier we need to start to eat better so Stepping on a scale and being pissed off and quitting, definitely not helping. Staying the course will pay off with enough time. Yeah. With enough time and with enough focus and effort, the two things we actually control, you will get there. And if you don't think you're moving fast enough, like... There's basically, we can, we can start to work harder or smarter or give it more time. Mm -hmm. I I just don't know what to tell you because, um, I I would love to say, yeah, I'd like to squat 500 pounds, you know? And then like two months in, like, no, I quit. I'm only at this, like I'm saying, there's just, there's not even a point of even me focusing on this. First of all, a ridiculous goal. Cause I don't think I don't have the, the desire to get there anyway. But all I can do is squat and work Mm -hmm. hard and just see where I end up. Um, But when we get just way too fixated on the outcome, it just, it, it brings way too many positive, uh, sorry, brings way too many negative emotions with it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think at, you know, at my heaviest lifting, I think my best snatch is, let's just say, I think it's either 195 or 190. I think at 195. It's our podcast, 195. Yeah, 195, sure. <laughs> um, and I mean, right now, I think I've been back up to hitting some pretty good consistent lifts at 160. And on those days, I felt like, I mean, I felt great. Because, not because they're, they're nowhere near my 190 that I, I hit one time. But the only thing I can keep doing is keep snatching and keep getting stronger and keep bumping up my consistency a little bit higher every time when we were you know coming back from our lockdown it was like okay get to 135 get to 140 and then that's consistent Kate let's try 145 the next week you know let's try 145 okay that's consistent let's get to one like I'm saying you're still making progress I can't just on Saturday load up the bar to 185 and just expect a miracle no but again it, it always comes down to focus and effort so in a snatch session we just have to make sure our focus and effort are aligned meaning so let's go effort are we going to give a real effort today? Are we going to work hard? Yes. Yeah. Am I okay. going to warm up properly? Yes. Are we going to warm up properly? Are we ready to work? Are we ready to go into beast mode and really work today? That's effort. Focus is making sure you're doing the things correctly. So if Jen is just lifting with just horrendous technique and we're supposed to be doing a snatch every two minutes, but Jen's doing a snatch every 30 seconds and not using hook grip, not use, you know, just all over the place. And all of a sudden she's She's missing three lifts in a row and then just keeps going. Like, so if the focus is way off, right, you can't work hard without focus. Um, you can, but it, it also doesn't work. But yeah. in every hour of every training session or 
every hour of your day minus when you're asleep, focus and effort is going to take you to the top of your happiness mountain. I know that's super corny, but anything that is leading us to more happiness or strength, health, and happiness, because I feel like that always lead, that's always kind of sums up our goals. Um, that's, that's all we want. So essentially if anybody's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm just like, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm like, well, there's only two things we can do. You keep working. <laughs> yeah. We need to improve our focus. So maybe we're doing things we shouldn't be doing. Maybe, maybe you're talking about, yeah, like I want to lose weight, but you're eating ice cream four days a week. Like I'm saying, there's, there's a lack of focus there, lack of effort. Um, so really if we just, instead of focusing on the outcome, focus on the process. Yes. The process, our focus and our effort are in our control. And that's really all we can do. Um, the rest, we just have to give it more time and let it play out. Here we there? Go. Yeah. I feel like I kind of hijacked that one. I no apologize. Worries. <laughs> no worries. Okay. I'll say mine and you can hijack this one. <laughs> we were bouncing these ideas yes, off back and yes. forth. So there's shared ideas. Okay. So I'm going to, I'll say mine and then just grab it, grab it and go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, last one here, guys. My second one was you are what you say you are. And I'll give a lot of credit to this one too, to um, Ben Bergeron as well. What about you? Where would this idea come from? I mean, this one is just real life in Jen's CrossFit career. Um, yeah, this one hits home. Yeah. I, for the longest time, uh, basically told myself that, and not really meaning to, but just, you know, chest to bar pull-ups are not my thing. So any workout that came up that had them, I would just immediately almost write off the event or, um, you kind of told yourself, yeah, just, that got, just got kind of down on myself. Like there's just no way I can win this event because chest to bar is not my thing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this was back in like regional days. So when was that? Four years ago, five years ago. Um, yeah. And finally, one day I was doing, I think I was just in training and I did 10 chest to bar unbroken butterfly chest to bar. And I kind of hopped down from the bar and thought, what more, like, what more do I want? Clearly I can do them. So, I mean, even if they come up in a workout, it's not like I can't get my chest to the bar. Like really what, what is going to convince me that these are not a liability for me anymore. And it was an interesting question because it was only me that had told me that I just couldn't do them. Um, and in, as soon as I switched that, like as soon as I thought about that, they just have never been an issue. Not, I mean, again, not my favorite movement, but I'm just saying I just attack workouts and I attack every other part of the workout and then just work hard through that movement. Yeah, and I think we, you kind of convinced yourself told yourself that I'm not a good chest to bar pull upper yeah which more recently it was I'm not a good rower yes and I think the lesson to be learned there is that at the micro level we're talking about CrossFit and some movements but at the macro level mm -hmm. that lesson applies to everything yeah um, your thoughts become your words 
Your words become your actions. Your actions become your reality. That is straight from Ben Bergeron. I wish I could quote that, but your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your reality. So if you think you're broken, then you're broken. If you think you're weak, then you're weak. If you say things like, I'm, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. You're definitely not a morning person because you have convinced yourself otherwise that you're lazy in the mornings. Yeah. If, um, you say things like, yeah, I can't cook. I totally believe you. You've just created your own reality. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever you think you say and whatever you say is going to become your destiny. And it is truly sad when we hear it and see it in real life because it's it's very evident, not because we're these mindset wizards, but because it's it's obvious to us when Jen and I sometimes will have discussions and we, I just, I want to say to people, if if you believed in yourself as much as I believe in you, you would be good to go because I see great things in people and they've convinced themselves otherwise. And I was kind of pondering about this one today because I, I, we were talking about this one going to be in the podcast and I was trying to come up how to sum this, this one up. Um, it's okay to feel broken. It's not okay to believe you're broken. And that one is my quote. I don't know if that's a good one or not. I think it is. It's okay to feel broken. It's not okay to believe you're broken. Meaning, are we allowed to swear? We've already sweared. We've all been through some stuff. I won't swear. We're all going through stuff. We've all been through stuff. And resiliency is about bouncing back from it. But when we let that stuff define us, and we start to tell ourselves a narrative in our head, then that just becomes the story of our life. And I, and I feel like people need to change. They need to change the thoughts. They need to change the story by changing the narrative in their own minds. And this goes back to the very beginning of this whole talk where how do I do that, Zach? I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly. It's, yeah. we just have to start. We have to start somewhere. We have to, pick out well yeah when we when we you can start on the reverse side so when you do actions or words you know when i hear somebody say something negative about themselves um i wish i had like a light a light gauge taser a taser that would just like just a little shock like almost a dog collar um those I shouldn't even say that those are we shouldn't have dog collars that shock people but or shock dogs but um a micro taser where I could I could zap somebody to say don't say that ever again I don't think people realize the repercussions of the words that they're using to describe themselves yeah and I think if you go back to the chest bar example when you tell yourself that you are not good at chest bar when you're in a workout and you're tired, you break up your chest bar because you've told yourself you're not good at chest bar. So you can't possibly hang on for a bigger set. It's just something you're not good at. 
it's the same as in Atomic Habits. He, was the, he uses the example that if you define yourself as, you know, I've never been able to eat healthy, I've never been able to lose weight, you probably are going to keep making decisions that are going to take you down that same road. You have to start thinking about, I'm a healthy person. What would a healthy person do? And same thing with the pull-ups. I can do chest-to-bar pull-ups. Hang on as long as you can. Like, you have this movement. Yeah. It's it's a very slight shift, but I think you have to start recognize it in yourself and then just switch it to what would even someone that you idolize, what would that person do in this situation? Follow them. Yeah. And become then, that person. Yes. And that's working in reverse. You're 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 starting to change the actions. Right? The actions are the easiest to change. So basically like showing up to work out, like that's an action. So you can start with actions and then by performing those actions, like Jen just said, what would a healthy person do? So, okay, you just did the action. Then you can start to identify as a healthy person. You can start to change the words you're using to describe yourself or just the words you're using throughout the day. And then slowly that will start trickling backwards into your thoughts. So your thoughts leading to your words, to your actions, that dictates your reality. If we want to change our reality, we start working backwards from there. And I think it's powerful stuff. I think it's easy to brush this stuff off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. So like, give me, what's the, what's the 30 day fix here? What, you know, what diet are you on? And okay, okay, you know, you work out six days a week. Okay, I'm I'm game. I, I don't know if anything can follow without really doing some work um some maintenance on your mindset yeah and i i don't think this is a one-time fix all um i think just last week i had the same or in the last year i've had the same discussion about rowing in my fitnessing and how i just can't figure out why i'm not a good rower i'm strong and i'm powerful why can't i row i'm just not a good rower just too slow can't keep it up and you know, we finally had a, a rowing workout came up, come up and all morning I just said to myself, I'm a good rower. I'm strong. I'm just as strong as these girls. I'm a good rower. I'm strong. Like it sounds ridiculous, but I rowed better than I've rowed in a really long time. Does that mean that going forward now I just row at a higher pace? No, it's because I need to change the way I think of myself as a rower and change the way I feel when I see a workout with rowing come up that I can work really hard in that workout and have a competitive time, even though there's rowing. Yeah. And I think, um, I love those real world, like fitness examples. I think, I think everybody, um, including myself could, could, um, could go to work on like a personality trait because we peg ourselves. I don't know why we're, we're taught this somehow who teaches us this. Like we, we basically start to describe ourselves in a certain way and that's just who we are now for the rest of our, our lives. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, and I used to be that way too. And I, people will say like, Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm just an introvert. I'm just shy. And, and again, I think, I, I think I wrote a rocker mindset on this. You, you can be whatever you want to be. So you can totally be what you ever want to be, but then you got to own it and understand that if you describe yourself that way and say those words, then that is who you're going to be. I, this might, maybe this would come as a shock to people. 
I'm not a, I think I thought of myself as not a super confident guy growing up. And I, I could, I, I don't think I ever said it out loud, but it, the thoughts were there like, geez, you know, like in front of a lot of people, I don't have a lot of confidence and I'm, I, I certainly did not like public speaking. And leading into this career, it just needed to change. So I guess I was blessed with the opportunity of having to speak in front of people every day. So I, I think sometimes people believe that we're born with these innate abilities. And I, I just refuse to believe that. And I think that links back to the taking extreme ownership of if you want to improve something about yourself, you got to stop the negative thoughts. You got to stop um, the words, the, the negative words you used to describe yourself. And then you got to start, again, doing actions that align with who you want to become. And it's not always an easy road. I, I want to be the guy who can get up in front of thousands and thousands of people and give a incredible talk on mindset and motivation and health and I'm not there yet but I won't use thoughts or words that are going to um, hold me back from that and I think I used to just not put myself in situations that would lead me in that way and then I just started to basically just get myself kind of like you said, what would basically what would Ben Bergeron do is sometimes what I say, or what would Gary Vaynerchuk do? Or what would Tom Bill you do? That's kind of the things I start to say. And sometimes I say, yeah, he would, he would say yes to the situation and he would get up there and talk. And I've done, um, I've done a few, quite a few uncomfortable I remember I did a corporate like wellness talk and I truly hope it didn't go as bad as I thought it did in my head. I felt like it was a complete train wreck, but I <laughs> learned from it. I have done chats with high school students and grade sevens and eights. And it's always a bit, it's not easy for me is what I want to say. It's, it's very not easy, but I know every time I do it, I get, I get a bit better and it is part of the things that I want to be better at and who I want to become. So I, I don't say things like I'm not a good public speaker. I might say something like someone says, Hey Zach, are you a really good public speaker? I might say, I'm not a really good public speaker yet, but I'm working on it. And I just, I think that that story that I now tell in my head is helping. It just, I feel like my focus and effort is there. It just is going to take more time. Love it. So in summary today, guys, make sure that the things that you're doing in your life are actually leading you somewhere you want to go, that you're driving, you're in the driver's seat of your own life, that you are what you say you are, whatever you say you are is what you are, and that you need to surrender the outcome and focus on the process. You got this. Thank you guys. Have a great morning, great afternoon, or great evening. See you guys.
Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. We really appreciate your support and hope to have you back again soon. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Ted Good Music and the band Heat, for allowing us to use their music. Until next time, let's keep rewriting our story and redefining who we are. You tell me what you want, and I give you what you need.